Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm going to be playing the role of Dumb American this evening on the podcast. How is this movie a comedy? I need answers. I need them. I'm Am Alex. And I'm Britton. Um, yeah, <laughs> is what I have to say about that one. I we we this was something that that Alex and I were talking about before the podcast. I, I, apparently, in reviews and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, it has been classified as a comedy or an anti-comedy, according to Roger Ebert, according to Tyler. But mm-hmm. I do we is has it been like cited that Kislowski thinks it's a comedy, you, you know, or thought it was a comedy? Like, do we know what? That's a good the, question. The intention of the movie was, or did people just sort of, do people like maybe this is a comedy? <laughs> maybe that's why it is. Uh, I, I get the vibe from Three Colors White, which is the movie that we are talking about. Uh, jump diving right in. Apparently, um, <laughs> I kind of get, I almost get the vibe of like a Bill Murray comedy. Sure, it's like a, like a Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's that's almost kind of the, the feeling I get. Um at moments from this so i i think maybe there's there's something in that regard but yeah i i don't i don't know there wasn't a lot of like not i don't know jokes <laughs> well i had the same I, i'm glad you said bill murray because there's a point in the movie where i thought this there is an eight there's an american version of what i think if this is a comedy mm-hmm. the american version of this would be like an 80s movie starring like steve gutenberg bill murray young tom hanks were like this right. this put upon guy nothing goes right every and nothing goes right for him and he just he sudden but through a series of like crazy mishaps he can't go back to his country he accidentally hears his wife having an affair and it's it's all terrible but it's also really outlandish and there's like wacky side characters and there are actual like punchlines and you're like okay i'm i'm supposed to laugh at just how absurd it is that these bad things keep happening to this this poor dude. I don't know that I individually would like that comedy very much, but I would understand, yes, this is going for laughs. This movie just seems to be like a farce without the jokes that we're just going to have. For a while there, it's just about lots of terrible things happening to this guy. And then there's a caper, I think. <laughs> and it just... Sort of. Yeah, and it's it just gets... I don't know. This movie is themed after equality from the revolutionary triumvirate. So I don't really, well, I guess he's trying to get even. So, yeah. Yeah. Was I, was I supposed to be laughing at the scene where he pretends to shoot his best friend who is begging for an assisted execution? Well, you can, you can have drama in a comedy. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's more like what I'm more confused by is. But every scene felt like that. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're, well, yeah, I don't know. Um, Alex, tell us about the movie, and then Britton also tell us about the movie. Uh, sure. Uh, Three Colors White is the second film in the Three Colors trilogy, directed by uh, Krzysztof Kieslowski from uh, 1994, I guess. I know mm-hmm. all of these movies are in the 1993-1994 range, so um, normally we go by American release, but I think this one's just kind of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has an 87% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 87% audience score. Um, so my understanding is this is kind of the, um, 
least admired of the three films. Um, sort of the Temple of Doom, the Three Colors trilogy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but obviously those are still very high scores. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think that I I hated the movie. I just I didn't get it. Yeah. This. Uh, I'm a big old dummy. <laughs> I would. I I feel like that was also the feeling I came away with. Like I was. Like I was missing something and not necessarily in a way that left me totally confused because like there's enough stuff there that I might just not be connecting the dots. Yeah. Like there's there is clearly a lot on the movie's brain. Uh it's it's thinking about stuff and processing ideas. Yeah. Throughout, but I don't know if I understand what those are. Well, maybe this synopsis will help. Oh. The the Britain synopsis of this movie is uh, it's ninety four minutes of proving a guy is actually good at sex. Um, but <laughs> so take that. But the uh, synopsis that I pulled up here says a him, Polish immigrant Carol Carol finds himself out of a marriage, a job, and a country when his French wife Dominique divorces him after six months due to his impotence. <laughs> Forced to leave the. Forced to leave the France after lo- <laughs> after losing the business they jointly owned, Carol enlists fellow Polish expatriate Mikolai to smuggle him back to their homeland. After successfully returning, Carol begins to build his new life while never forgetting his old one. Now, I know your sides are bursting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a movie. Who wants to? I, I can go first to best and worst if y'all, unless you, one of y'all want to do it. Sure. Uh, my worst thing is just that it's, I just, I didn't like looking, I didn't like the things that happened in it. Um, <laughs> because, and I, it's just a lot of bad things happened to him. And I just feel like it, the whole time I was like, am I supposed to find it? I don't know. I, I don't like that at one point he calls his wife to try to reconcile and she's like, oh good, I'm glad you called. And then she just has sex with somebody else while making him listen to it. And I found that just incredibly upsetting. Like, I really did not like that at all. And if that's supposed to be comical, if that's supposed to be dramatic, whatever it is, I didn't like it. And this is, of course, a super just personal metric with, like, whether or not I'm... Regardless of what the movie's intention is, I, I... there just wasn't enough to balance the, like, I don't like seeing these things consistently happen to this guy, who I didn't even necessarily like or dislike. And I think that also lent something to it. Um, and I think maybe if I had a clearer idea of of what the movie was going for, I could at least say, well, not for me. Or, or, or I could at least say, well, I didn't like watching it, but that was the point, and I engaged in such and such. Um, as far as best thing, I thought it was really pretty. I think all three of these movies are going to be really pretty. I thought Blue was a really mm-hmm. good looking movie. I think this movie's really well shot. I really liked the way that, because with Blue, there was a lot of points where, okay, they did like a filter on this scene and they like dressed it to be very blue. And there's some like lighting that they are adjusting to make it blue, which worked. And in this, it feels like they just found a lot of white. Obviously mm-hmm. they're in Poland during a time when it's snowing a lot and, but even just the buildings they found, like it wasn't constantly like they were in a white void. It's just they. I, I liked the way they were. There's always a white object somewhere, even just like the bow on a package. 
they just kept constantly keeping that color scheme in a way that felt persistent but also organic, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, I like I like looking at it. I just didn't like what I was seeing. If you get my drift. I think mean, the thing is like maybe like you guys were saying, I because the movie is kind of I I couldn't connect with the movie, so I just had had to go because I can't really understand what the movie's going for. I just have to go with my gut of like, do I like, do I like it? And I, I didn't. <laughs> so with, with blue, I had a clearer kind of, I felt more connected with that movie and I felt I was able to access it better, but I don't know. It may all just all come back to, to me not getting it. I can go next. My best thing is going to be, I found it consistently entertaining once again, it's kind of right at 90 minutes, so yeah. I, the runtime, obviously, that's a huge help. But I was basically taking the movie as it playing itself straight. So on that level, it still worked for me, even though I, if it is a comedy, for me, it failed hard because um, I, I did not get that out of the film at all. But I did find it consistently in- interesting. I, Carol's journey, I found... Um, compelling at least until you get to the third act and then it all kind of falls apart and i end up hating him um but i you know i i I thought it was interesting it just it just found really interesting not even like plot twists or anything it just found really interesting turns to take with the story to keep it going and keep it fresh um my worst thing is that i hated both carol and i hated dominique at the end and I get that obviously we're supposed to be on Carol's side because we're following his journey through most of it. And he's the guy who is kind of suffering all of this stuff because of, um, you know, a very personal issue that he is clearly having. Um, But Dominique is just she comes off as a psychopath at the beginning and comedy. Well, and then he by the end. His way of getting back at her, she's like, she divorced me because I wasn't able to have sex. So I'm going to implicate her in my, in like all of this, getting yeah. all this yeah. legal and hot then, water. And then you get to the third act and he becomes worse than her. And I, I couldn't tell what the movie was trying to tell me. And then at the very end, I guess they want to get back together. So love conquers all. Hmm. Or at least he Tyler, was able to. That was, not necess- that was not my takeaway, but I may not have. Tyler. At what perfect. point was I supposed to be laughing? So I, I, I gave up on the comedy part right away. I was like, <laughs> "This is not gonna. Whatever is happening with this, like, it's not gonna translate. I'm not gonna like try and hold it to the label of comedy that I, I know myself. Twenty, thirty. Oh God, thirty years later, um, I, I wasn't gonna try and like be judging it for that, but. My worst thing was that I did not like our main character yeah. at all. Uh, and I think that's not necessarily something the movie doesn't want you to, to feel. like the, I don't think the movie necessarily wants him to be super likable. Um, but I don't know. I think like that for me is the big part that wasn't clicking compared to Three Colors Blue. Uh, is that in three colors of blue, you have someone who immediately they're dealing with this horrible tragedy They're You can really understand. There's a lot of time, like quiet moments to really spend with, uh, Julie to fully understand her grief and how much she's like putting down and how much she's kind of cutting herself off emotionally. 
and this one I feel like he kind of jumps our character Car- Carol Carol jumps kind of manically between uh being like horribly screwed over by something and then also like making hasty Machiavellian decisions and maybe not hasty, but like making these like big sweeping, like scheming moves to, to pull stuff off. Um, I, I don't know. It was interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just didn't really connect. And I actually, so, um, the first kind of confrontation that we see of Carol and Dominique is, Carol, Carl, Ca- Ca- Carol. I think I, not know. I think it's just Carol. <laughs> Carol. Okay, <laughs> may as well. Um, he breaks into back into their home, uh, or at least maybe he still has a key. I don't know. Uh, I guess he does still have the key because that's part of that sequence. It's um, not necessarily their home. It's the salon, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's their place of business. Um, yes. Uh, but then he, I kind of miss. I did not track entirely what was happening here. Um, he swallows the key. Yeah. Or pretends to swallow the key. Yeah, I was confused about that because he has he, the he other remaining to, yeah. keys, but okay. then she she seems to gesture like, well, give me those. And yeah, I think he pretends to swallow them. And then I, I don't know. Something. I was, I was um, a little lost So he's he's like messing with her and basically like saying like, no, you need to get back together with me. Um, And I actually kind of fully understood Dominique's perspective on this because she's like, it really isn't about the impotency. It's about you don't understand why I do the things I do or why I say the things I do. Like you don't right, yeah. truly seem to understand our relationship or, or me. Um, and then she does start a fire uh, to that's, make him run away. Because... I, I guess when I say she's a psychopath and, path at the beginning that's what i mean the setting yeah. fire to things is is kind of where I, I drew the she, line i'm like okay <laughs> no you've gone too far she she sets a fire to the curtain and then she's like if the police come here and and find the place burned down then they'll wreck you um, and she does like you know really take him to task and take everything from him um so that's that's ruthless uh but it's also like it makes me immediately feel like, okay, the, the vibe we're supposed to be getting is that this character is not super emotionally uh, intelligent. He's he's somebody who isn't fully... And, and there is also some element of language barrier there because they're also... Right. Like, there's a scene early on where there's um, the court proceedings they're having uh, and Carl gets very... Carol gets very frustrated because... Uh, he feels like he's being mistreated for speaking Polish versus right. French, um, which is, you know, that plays off of the, the theme equality, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, so I'd say just him as a character is my overall thing. And we'll get into this, but I, I think overall I was really not sure how to feel because I didn't know if the movie wanted me to believe that he was justified in the actions he took to attempt to get Dominique in yeah. jail. I guess it doesn't really work. Um, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Versus if the movie was aware, because I want to think the movie probably is aware that he's slimy. 
Um, and I think there's moments that indicate that, but it, it was really hard to tell. And I, uh, that's why I go back to like the Bill Murray comedy type thing. It, right. It feels like maybe he's supposed to be kind of a slimy character, but I, I don't, maybe there's something about language in this. Maybe that is like a huge part is like being able to understand how they're actually delivering lines. Maybe sure. that's a huge part of it. Sure. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it does not quite connect for me how I was meant to interpret our main character. Um, yeah. Well, and it's tricky too, because obviously there are plenty of movies where we're not, the goal is not to get us to like the characters or dislike the characters, but to observe the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's fine. And I, I can totally get into that, but I think that with this one, like, I don't know, the decisions made were so intense and, and I think that in the opening scene, at least, like, I did feel sympathetic towards him because I was like, all I know about you is you have a problem uh, intimately with your wife and she's just sort of ripping you a new one and cutting off your funds and there's this language barrier and you can't get back home and, like, you're just really beset upon. And then by the end of it, he's faking his death and then sitting naked in her hotel room bed when she comes back. So she, so he can show her that he is good at sex. And it's like, it's just such a weird. And then framing her. Yeah. And then framing her her. after like basically gaslighting her that he still is alive. Right. It's It's just like a weird journey. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a weird journey to go on that. Maybe this movie is more detached than I'm giving it credit for. I don't know. Because I do feel like the previous movie, maybe it's because there was just, we were so in the, in the mindset of one character and we're so like, this is what Julie is dealing with. It's about the process of these emotions as opposed to setting up this plan to get home and get even. I don't know. Tyler, did you do your best thing? I did not. I don't know what my best thing is. Um, Is it tissue comb music? Is it? Yes, <laughs> I think so. Get the, get uh, the soundtrack. I, I liked a lot of the stuff, and I, I found myself most drawn to the interactions he had with Mikolaj. Sure. Mikolaj? Is that right? I, I think it's Mikolaj. That... Mikolaj. You're right, you're right. Um, I kind of yeah. wish the movie was about Mikolaj instead. <laughs> yeah, because I think like he's a really fascinating character. Um, I'll springboard off of this into just like whatever we want to talk about about the movie. Um. Because he shows up in a subway, he's like, "Hey, you're also Polish. Uh, you you know you you seem down down your luck. Let's let's uh, get together. I've got this this job for you. There's this guy who hates himself and hates his life and just wants wants it to end uh, and needs somebody to kill him because he has a wife and kids who can't possibly uh, deal with the knowledge that their father killed himself. So he needs it to look like an accident for this guy." Um, and then we basically there's there's a whole thing where uh carol gets back to poland uh after shenanigans um there there is one moment that i i can see where there maybe if i knew if i understood and could process the delivery uh that it would get it would be a good joke is the moment where we just see that uh, do we see before or after Carol gets beaten up where Mikolai goes to the airplane or airport attendant? Before. I forget exactly. Is it before? Yeah, it's right before. Um, 
he goes to the airplane attendant and he's like, hey, uh, I don't I don't have my suitcase. And she's like, well, what was in it? And he's like, oh, it's just, you know, clothes and stuff. And she's like, well, it's 165 pounds. And then he's like, well, it was my friend. <laughs> uh, that's that's a good I, I think maybe that's kind of the humor is playing off of. And sure. I, I do wonder if because it's a very deadpan delivery. Yeah. And the uh, subtitles are very the way it's translated in the subtitles are very like, ah, well, I should be honest. It was actually my friend who was in there. So it's wordier yeah. and more formalized. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's an element of that there sure. where I can see it kind of shining through. But point is, um, eventually they meet up in Poland after some back and forth. Uh, and the guy's like, uh, hey, that, well, Carol, I don't know why I'm struggling so hard with this. It's it's that K. It's just like completely breaking my brain. Um, Carol is like, hey, I still want that job if you need it. Uh, and then Mikolai's like, yep. And then he's like, but Doctor uh, Paliaki, Paliachi is me. Uh, <laughs> I am I am the clown. Uh, <laughs> and so then uh, he basically tells Carol like, yep, uh, it, it's me that wants to die. And so, in a really nice scene, Carol uh, tries to shoot him with a blank, and not tries to. He sh- he shoots a blank at him. Yeah. And then is like, "Do you still want to die?" And Mikolai's like, "No." And so then <laughs> he's like, "Great, like you're cured." Um, but it, I think that's a really nice scene. That that is a good moment of like that's okay. Our protagonist, you know, is is thinking about how to thinking about this guy and not just like doing this just cause he's like, well, I guess I'll get the money for this. Yeah. Um, he's, he, that's him doing a kind act in a very intense moment. Um, so I, yeah, there's stuff that shines through like that. I, I really enjoy that element. Um, but so, so much of the, the rest of the movie, it was much harder for me to keep track of, it, I think it was harder for me to keep track of where our character's headspace is and what how we're supposed to be following his actions. And then because of that, I really did not have as many interpretations or takeaways as to what the overall thematic stuff was, like what thematic sure. material I was really looking at. Because clearly the equality is there. There's, um, I think, elements of you've got Polish people, French people, like different cultures yeah. mixing. I think there's stuff like that. It is about this guy becoming very poor uh, and then becoming very rich and how that compares to his wife who took everything from him. There's stuff there. I just do. I could not draw any connections or like make where we're with blue. It's almost, it's very literal and yeah. sort of in your face in terms of what the movie's saying and what certain things represent or are kind of intended to make you feel. Uh, and this was a lot more, uh, I see some of it, but I the dots did not connect for me. Do I may have just missed it, but is it ever quantified to a degree why he was having the impotence problem that he was having? Is because by the end of the movie he's fine, um, and I do mean fine. But do we ever know like what the hangup was previously? If it was a money thing, a confidence boost, like. Do we, and do we know what, like, like what switch gets flipped? That's that's why I'm a little bit confused about it. Is like it seems to be based on what Dominique is telling him is an emotional intelligence thing. It's you right. don't understand me. You don't understand 
what I think of you and how much I actually value this relationship and the fact that I need you and that's why this is so painful. Um, that seems to be what it is at the beginning, but then at the end it just seems to be a confidence thing. I, I was getting mixed signals there. Because the, yeah. the, the, um, the assisted suicide scene... I'm I'm actually kind of I'm trying to rethink it in terms of like oh that actually seems like if that's a moment where it's like no I'm a actively like trying to care about another person and I'm trying to reach out to them mm -hmm. and assist them with this thing in 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 my own way um that almost seems like we're we're getting into character arc territory <laughs> um Right. But then the rest of the movie is just, I'm going to cheat some low-life thugs out of getting some money, and then I'm just going to get rich, and then I'm going to I'm gonna gaslight my ex. Like, yeah. I, I don't I didn't get it. And consistently not cut people's hair at my brother's salon. Right. <laughs> Despite that being my trade. Right. Um, that would have been great if in the third act it just became Sweeney Todd. <laughs> uh I found a very interesting quote that does not really help us at all, but I just thought it was neat from Kislowski, um, who said, we, we looked very talking about the whole trilogy. We looked very closely at these three ideas, how they function in everyday life, from, but from an individual's point of view, these ideas are contradictory with human nature. When you deal with them practically, you do not know how to live with them. Do people really want liberty, equality, and fraternity? So that's interesting. Um, cause I did see, I, I'm, Brittany mentioned earlier, uh, there's a review from, um, Roger Ebert. I think it was Roger Ebert and not just RogerEbert.com. Um, I guess RogerEbert.com wouldn't have existed in. I don't know. I don't know when they make these. Yeah, no, I, I imagine that. I think RogerEbert.com came. I mean, now obviously he is no longer writing on that. But yeah, yeah, it's would, on the Wikipedia page. Okay, so okay. I would assume somewhere. It's um, but uh, said basically that uh, three colors blue is an anti-tragedy. Two colors mm -hmm. white is an anti-comedy, and then. Uh, three colors red apparently is an anti-romance interesting I, so yeah i would consider this an anti-romance <laughs> i i do see what <laughs> might he, be a little more what he could mean about nuance uh, uh blue because that is a tragedy and that terrible things happen but by the end of it you feel okay for her yeah. Like it's it's not the story of just it's it's not when I think of a tragedy I think of something just going down like a Shakespearean tragedy where it just gets worse and worse and worse and by the end everyone's dead. Right. Whereas in Blue it's like we start out with something terrible, and then it's about her healing and coming out. And by the end of it, you're like I think Julie's going to be okay that she's yeah. found some type of 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 freedom and 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 balance in her life, and so that it it kind of reverses what a tragedy is and how it's structured. So maybe that's what he meant <laughs> in, in terms yeah. of this as a comedy. Yeah, and like there there's definitely something there in terms of wanting equality. Uh and like I, I would I wonder if there's some something there in terms of the character not wanting to be equal to his wife, he wants his or his ex wife, he wants his ex wife to be suffering while he is a successful. Like I don't know. I, I don't I don't have any I feel like with blue I was like yeah yeah well, I, mean, I, I, I this makes sense to me I mean there yeah. is also the opposite comparison between him and Mikolai where Mikolai has everything that he wants sure. but he is suffering that's true almost as much as him I mean Carol's clearly not at the point where he's suicidal but he's he's not doing great.
Uh, I did want to ask about the end because, to be honest, Tyler, I had to look up what... Because basically Dominique... Somehow Carol is able to get into the prison where she's at and looks up at her through the window and she just kind of does a bunch of hand gestures to him and I didn't know what she was kind of motioning for. Um, And then he starts to cry. Apparently she's gesturing that uh, she wants to remarry him. Hmm. Okay, then. And I only know that from the Wikipedia page. So that could theoretically be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to try and see if I can uh, uh, check a couple other places to verify verify. that. Yeah. I I don't know. Do you guys have you guys ever put tissue on a paper on a comb and just blown on it or hummed on it and tried to make a song out of it? I can't say I have. Me I neither. did all of Piano Man on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's like a, practically a motif. Mm-hmm. This, which like the scene where he's busking at the beginning, but then like by the end of it, it's just I don't I, I don't know why I even brought it up. It's just quirky. <laughs> it is quirky. That's a good word for it. <laughs> this is a real Juno of a of a movie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Diablo Kislowski. Mm-hmm. I was also looking at episode titles from Yellowstone to see if there's anything uh-huh. funny there. There several colors are mentioned. Okay. Yeah, there's one that's under a blanket of red. All but... right, we'll talk about that next week. We'll we'll do yeah. a bonus section at the end of the podcast about that episode specifically of yellowstone yeah apparently there's some newcomers in town that's probably not good um there's also one about behind us only gray and then there's one called the world is purple mm, oh. i think we can file that under the goof section <laughs> that's the blooper episode that's the, <laughs> that's the clip show <laughs> purple stone or <laughs> <laughs> uh rip and, yeah, rips. I don't know. Uh, maybe like Andy. <laughs> there's probably an Andy, Andy, right? I'm uh, assuming they, there's an Andy. They they set up a big projector for the whole town to come and watch uh, clips from their documentary they're making about their lives <laughs> on their on their big projector in the horse pasture. And Rip Rip gets sad, and then we, one of the cameramen comes forward, and you're like. Oh, we're actually seeing a member of the crew. Is this gonna like? It's contemporary times, so like they could. That's you don't true. Know. Because what if mockumentary? What if Yellowstone is a mockumentary? I think it is. This whole time, are we back to this? Hey, man. <laughs> you you missed this whole conversation. You kind of checked Welcome out. I've been to... I've been trying you... to look for interpretations of the ending, and I I you oh, made I Alex, was that's yeah. over. <laughs> that's old hat. You, you it's made an episode the of Yellowstones now. You, you made Britain just clapped a fly in the middle of that. But it was like an emphasis clap. Yeah, and the, would... on the podcast that audio, I assume. Um, yeah, you made the mistake of letting us talk mm-hmm. for <laughs> an extended period of time. You made See, one mistake. You say it's a mistake. I say, you know, that's that's one of our uh, shining moments on the podcast is sure. whenever I stop talking. Oh, hey! <laughs> no, don't be a Carol Carol about it. <laughs> I guess that's also kind of funny is that he's got two of the same name, like in Catch Twenty Two. Sure. What's that guy's name? Ro- I'm going to look it up. Uh, Rob Rickle. <laughs> Burger Meister Meister Burger. What's that? Catch 22 name. Uh, Peter Parker. Okay. Oh, Yasarian Yasarian. 
so I was, that was the next. I, I'm I'm gonna return back <laughs> to the film if if y'all don't mind. I mind a little, but that's okay. Yeah, okay. all right. Well, I was trying to you know. Well, talk you know, about you can take you can, you can take it out on me later. Um, so I I, I I am seemingly confirming that she is signaling that she still loves him and that she wants to remarry him. Okay. However, it seems to be different interpretations as to what his him. Uh, crying and maybe kind of smiling at the end is supposed sure. to mean um whether it's it's a oh no i've made a horrible mistake after i had sex with her i should have stayed with her or if it's a oh now it's time to move on with my life um i guess that's up to interpretation but um i'm seeing one post um kind of at the end being that they're finally equals in that they're both imprisoned in their own ways and they're separated and they're just kind of miserable. Yeah. Maybe so. Because he does... Yeah, there is the conversation he has with Mikolai where he's like... Mikolai's like, yeah, it's a good thing you, you can't show your face to anybody who knows you because <laughs> then we'd all go to prison uh, for covering up your your fake murder. Um, So... There's that. And like... That that's more of the the ending that's so like it it feels like the idea and maybe this is a something tra- not even trained in me by like movies but I think comedies <laughs> and like or sorry comedy shows um like sitcoms and things almost uh it feels like the idea is going to be he realizes like wait I do actually love you and then he just gets back with her um, instead of going through with the, the frame. Um, because there's a moment where he's watching her at his fake funeral and she is totally heartbroken. Uh, and then later he's like, why were you sad? And she's like, I, cause I, you're my, or were my husband. Like the deaths are sad <laughs> it, feelings. Uh, like it, it was a strange thing for him to go through that then to like be with her finally and then leave and be like, all right, I'm still going through it. Like it, it felt like we were building it towards, okay, he's remembering how much he does actually love her and he's going to, um, you know, kind of put this aside and, and come back to her a better man. And that's not what happens. That's an interesting interpretation though. I do like that. Yeah. That like they become, separated and miserable because they both tried to kind of level each other's lives <laughs> uh and they ended up with nothing really of of merit yeah i may uh, have i may have been looking at the movie too i mean too too much just based on like the types of movies that i've seen a lot in america yep. where everything's very clear and sort of traditional and like the last movie doesn't do doesn't the types of freedom it's talking about are a little, they're very, they're clear and they're true, but they're not the kind of, I don't know. I feel like the American version of, of freedom in, in terms of what that movie's about, wouldn't be like the freedom to move on the freedom to yeah. love someone. It could be, but like, that's not the kind of thing we're fed as much. And so, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen that many French movies and, or certainly any, I think Polish movies. Um, I have seen French comedies that are very are much more clearly attempting to be a quote unquote traditional comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I may I may have just not been meeting this movie on its its intended level. 
um, which is on me. It was on all three of us. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am trying to like, yeah, I just, I feel like the movie, I got soured on the movie pretty early. And so like, for so much of the rest of the movie, I checked out <laughs> a little bit, mm-hmm. which is, which that is definitely on me. It, well, and that is something I'll say about uh, with three colors blue. I think I came close to, to dealing with that where I was kind of having a hard time being really invested and in keeping up with it um, early. And then as the movie went on and I kept being drawn back into the character and, and kept being like, Oh wow. I, you know, I'm really enjoying this. It really kept me invested in this in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily expected myself to be about something that feels like it's so distant in terms of just ideas and the time it was made and everything like it's, it, it, there is a, a gulf there. And um, this one was a lot harder for me. I think especially because of the character, it was a lot harder for me to be like, all right, I'm, I'm totally plugged in, like enjoying this, not zoning out at all. Um, It was hard to stay on it. Yeah. Uh, I liked the cameo from Julie in the courthouse <laughs> at the beginning. That was neat. Sure. I, ha- I had a Leonardo DiCaprio uh, once upon a time in Hollywood moment where I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which that yeah. scene is in th- Three Colors Blue, which is fun. Like we yeah. see him talking. So that's like a, ni- a nice connection. There's also the old woman trying to get the, uh, the bottle into the yeah. recycling bin. Where it's, I think it's a different time of day. I think it's at nighttime in this one and daytime in the previous movie. Mm -hmm. But that's a neat little, like, yeah, these movies are all sort of, they're all happening around the same time. I was also confused by that moment because Carol sees this this old person struggling to put the bottle in the thing. And Mm. then he just starts smiling to himself. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) the earth is healing. Am I supposed, am I, (laughs) like, do you find it amusing that this old person was struggling to do that? Like, do am I supposed to hate you more now, Carol? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because Julie in the last movie is like she has her eyes closed the whole time. Um, so maybe there's something. I like. I'm if if uh old lady shows up again in the next movie and they like help her out or something, then sure. you know, I'm all for it. That's yeah. a good symbol. Because I think that then you're like, okay, Julie is like off in her own world because she's trying to totally cut herself off from society and right, she's not right. helping this old lady put a bottle in a thing. And then this guy's just a jerk, so he's not <laughs> helping this old lady put a bottle in a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it is supposed to be he has no emotional intelligence, at least at that point, he just finds it kind of amusing, just the situation. Yeah. I guess that's it, supposed to be. Yeah, it's I don't just know. like, seems self-centered i don't know or, or self-absorbed maybe it's better well word. i don't know my my problem isn't necessarily that he's seemingly unlikable i think yeah. you know britain to your point movies can do that they can set up characters that you don't like as the main characters yeah. um or characters that become unlikable i would say you know a lot of martin scorsese movies do this sure. wolf of wall street prime example yeah I am not supposed to like Jordan Belfort. He is kind of a terrible person. Yeah. He starts off as kind of a nice guy, and then he qu- quickly descends into madness. Um, but obviously that movie is very entertaining, and I get a lot out of it. Um, with this, it's just I was getting so many mixed signals as to what I was supposed to get out of it. And after, at, Tyler, to your point, after a certain point, I was like, 
you know, I, I'm going to set aside the comedy stuff because that's not really what I'm getting out of this at yeah. all. But then you get to the end and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just hate everyone. <laughs> but it's I, like, but that's, that's the weird thing. I found it interesting. I found it constantly mm-hmm. like I wasn't getting bored by it. I just, I, normally when I watch something and I'm not like getting it or I'm not invested at all, I tune out quickly if i'm like i'm not i'm not on board with this and i wasn't on board with it but i was it's very weird it's very contradictory in that way compelling and i think it's it's displayed in such a different way than movies are made nowadays um it actually gives me similar vibes to i took a russian film class that i remember very little of uh in college and like I think it you start to the more you watch movies like this, you start to realize how different movies tend to be made. And at least, and I we're only comparing like the movies that we actually hear about in our uh, English speaking bubbles sure. uh, when we watch stuff like this. But um, there is a lot more, I think, groundedness and just a different expectation for the the pace and the flow of movies uh in like europe yeah so i don't know that's fascinating you're you're right it's just it's it's hard to explain why it can be a frustrating movie and still be very interesting yeah i think a lot of it goes to um it's it just still feels atmospheric if nothing else so like the environment it's easy to get soaked up in in the world um but like i said it's contradictory because because the fact that it's like it's it's so grounded and the way that it's shot it's not like super vibrant or anything like that like i was just that's where the comedy stuff was really like confusing me because i'm like this feels like it's just being played super straight it's not like a theater of the absurd type scenario where everyone's playing it super straight, super deadpan, but the stuff that's happening around them is so ridiculous and crazy, and that's where the comedy is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just, yeah, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're also trained to have like scenes where like someone gets stuck in a suitcase and it spins along for there to be a musical cue that's like dun 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 dun. And, you know, not Little Nicky, I'll say that. This movie is no <laughs> yeah. Little Nicky, says Britain. Yeah, I don't like think the part any in, movie uh... is quite Little Nicky, aside oh, from Little Nicky. So true, you don't, so true. You, you don't like the part in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where Steve Martin uh, gets dragged out of a suitcase from a plane and beaten up by a bunch of Russian thugs <laughs> and thrown down his hillside? And then he says, I wish I were made of helium and thus was lighter. <laughs> <laughs> I could float away from all this. Um, no, that scene is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish I, I wish I'd paid better attention. I wish I weren't like losing all credibility as the, uh, posh cultured one on the podcast. <laughs> we've, we've outed you. That was the whole goal. I know. Really? No, I, it, it is, it is hard to, and it's, it's so easy to miss, uh, when it's a subtitle movie right. like it like it really movies where you have to read subtitles to understand make you 
force you to pay attention, which a lot of the times is, is good and really is like to the benefit of the movie to make you really capture the details that it's trying to get across. But right. It also makes it hard in a distracting, comfortable living room as opposed to like a theater. Sure. I guess I'd probably come away a lot more, uh, thinking a lot more about the movie in a theater. If I watched it, that's very Um, possible. I, I feel that way about movies in, in general. I'm, I'm like, I have coworkers who watch a lot of K-dramas and they've talked a lot about how there are jokes in K-dramas that you, you, you're only going to get if you are Korean, speak Korean, or have just watched enough K-dramas to get like, oh, the, the, America, the English language translation of that is they just kind of went for the literal translation because you can't really communicate the comedy of it. Yeah, sure. And like the delivery element and everything, so I'm, I'm, I definitely think that's a component here, which is is not anyone's fault, just a matter of like, oh, we just don't have that cultural connection. Um, and then with American comedies, you know when it's funny because there's a laugh track, for sure, and they're, they're like bugging their eyes out at the camera. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> movies don't don't always, but are you telling me there wasn't a laugh track in The Hangover? I would like somebody to put a laugh track on Parasite. <laughs> I think that's my conclusion from watching Three Colors White. I mean, that is a movie where I there are very funny moments in very, Parasite. Yeah. Yes. Like that movie. like, And I would like them to be accompanied by laugh track. Yes. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho is very good at like, I'm going to, even like in Snowpiercer, like there are very funny mm-hmm. moments in his movies that do not detract from the very dramatic, bleak, horrifying things. He's great. Um, we'll do his movies next, right? Sure. Why not? I'll watch the host again. It's great. Sure. We we could do far worse, yeah. and we probably will. <laughs> oh, we're we're definitely going to. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> hey, do you think that Sam Raimi is a big fan of this, and that's why Spider Man uh, at in Spider Man Three like gets all <laughs> like becomes a jerk and. Slicks his hair back and stuff. Ooh. Uh, Carol Carol does it. That's you had me on a possible. roller coaster there. I was like, where is he going with this? Well, I got us to and the that scene where he like presses his wrist into Topher Grace's chest and he's like, I'm going to do it. And uh-huh. then it was a blank. See, mm-hmm. the, the only thing this movie was missing was Carol doing a dance number outside of her jail cell at the end. Mm-hmm. With a jazz piano that gets wheeled in there by the prison guards. <laughs> Well, there's a scene when he uh, and uh, Nikolai are meeting in the subway tunnel and or subway station, and they're chatting. I was like, "This is a this is eerily similar to Squid Game episode one." So, if somebody pulls out <laughs> some cards that they're gonna slap down on the floor, I think Carol Carol better get running. Um, so maybe that was inspired. Maybe they saw three cars white and were like, "What if there was a worse way to meet someone in a subway station?" <laughs> <laughs> i i do think sam raimi's a fan of this i do uh, i have not seen spider-man 3 um but uh, or as i like to call it the three spider-man trilogy black but. <laughs> three three spider-man black um well this is I, well we didn't really clarify is that the old woman putting the the bottles in the bin it is uh uh stan lee yeah, um, and that that's why the the there's a a forty second take of the the actress looking at the camera and giving two thumbs up 
Oh, it's see, a two I had, for you. Yeah. I, I had the volume pretty low, so this is all my fault. The bit where Carol is smiling is because faintly in the background you can hear Excelsior. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. Okay. Dominique. Now I'm back on board. This movie's yeah. bulletproof now. I will say, by the end of this movie, there are no prizes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <sighs> Guys, remember when I said we should do the Three Colors trilogy as a joke? <laughs> and then we're here now. And, and I think this uh, joke is landing as well as the jokes in Three Colors White. <laughs> No, I, I I did want to say I do like the way he plays the gangsters just as a scene. Uh, I don't, I feel like it comes again a little bit out of left field for the character. And it's a little bit like, oh, suddenly I'm, I'm scheming and coming up with this crazy plot. Yeah. Um, where he uh, basically overhears them talking about some land they're going to buy so that then they'll resell it for way better than the cost. Uh, and he's like, okay, he goes, he, I'm going to go and buy the land and then they're going to have to buy it for me. I'm going to like set it all up so that if they kill me, it's going to get donated to somewhere, a uh, church, a church. Um, so he's like, basically you have to buy it off me for way more than the asking price that I bought it for. Um, and they still think it's going to be valuable, but he's like, like there, there's a nice line where, uh, one the, the main gangster who hires him as a guard, quote unquote, and ends up like taking him as part of his operation. Uh, he, his heavy, his, his second in command, uh, I think is like, you're a jerk. And he's like, I, I needed the money. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, was the whole fun. bit of his brother going, should I turn on the stove? Was that meant to be a joke? Because he says that like three times in that scene. Probably so. I think that's probably a lost in translation thing. Because like we... Well, because as... there's the setup at the beginning where the heavy throws Carol into the stove. And he's like, you better be glad that that wasn't on. And then his brother just comes walking in. Is it time to turn on the stove? Ooh. <laughs> that was a reference to the popular Polish character Stovey. Um, who was introduced... I, I'm just... I feel like, you know, us us Americans, we have our, our trucks, yeah. our, our government issue trucks <laughs> that consume uh, 100 gallons per yep. uh, every yard. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, you know, it's like uh, we we don't really use like a lot of stuff that, like if you've ever been to you know, even a, a, a European hotel, like a lot of them just are completely different environments. All right, Tyler, talk and, about your international travels. Yeah. He's a traveled, <laughs> learned well, man, guys. Well, I, I know everyone was waiting for you to whip that out. What 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 had happened was I got in a suitcase on a plane <laughs> to Poland. They dragged me out. Uh, Steve Martin was there. Hey. <laughs> well, that part was fun. Yeah. Uh, no, I, but like the, just the way they run buildings sure, and like, sure. you know, air conditioning is not necessarily common, like, sure. um, or not used the same way. So like that, I think is probably just something that totally got lost. Yeah. On the oldest standing buildings in America are only going to be like 
two to three hundred years old right as opposed to much more than that in right in and europe. no one's yeah no one's gonna be like living in them whereas right. in europe they are still yeah so. and also hey talking about our trucks and all the gas they produce stoves don't frack mm-hmm. stove don't frack that's <laughs> no way hashtag stove don't frack hashtag stove don't frack that's what's on their bumper stickers uh, the new album from Here Come the Sequels coming this fall. <laughs> Stoves don't crack. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. But. Yeah, frack's a weird word in that I keep having to remind myself that it is a word and not just about yeah. Star Galactica thing. Uh, it's one of those words that it's like, we have a new thing that is happening here and we need to assign a yeah. word to it and a lot of them already taken so we need to combine some new letters yep they accepted it as a as a guess on wordle the other day it wasn't the correct guess but they accepted it spoilers spoilers for the wordle from a few days ago. for the wordle from four days ago when you're listening to this it wasn't frack it wasn't frack but maybe it is by the time you're hearing it i don't know hey i'm not in the wherever they keep the answers the blockchain i don't know yeah probably (laughs) <laughs> wordle nfts <laughs> we come back to nfts a lot and i i should make it clear uh we don't like nfts yeah no it's because they're a silly silly thing hey hey speak for yourself nfts do frack <laughs> that's what the f stands for <laughs> um well alex that's i i know that you're really excited because you think you have new an, 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 fracking an, tech look an, i'm just an, gonna say somebody's got to keep this podcast going with investments okay sure, somebody's sure, got to yeah. keep <laughs> well no one else can look at that this is that cool image of the arkham asylum bat suit like you can mm-hmm. like you, you've got your it's a bespoke it's just for you and he's doing that this cool is, pose yeah this is a good time for us to uh continue to promote our nft drive for three colors nfts uh what's our scene last time it was the car wreck what's our what's Ooh. the image from this movie that we're using for the nft can, can it be in, in that slow motion shot where Mikolai is falling to the floor but it's like a really blurry shot where he's like yeah, halfway so. down oh. that worked pretty well i like that i like the out of context nature of just a man holding a, t- a tissue wrapped comb to his lips mm-hmm um mm-hmm. or just a suitcase on a conveyor belt because hey if you know yeah, yeah, yeah. if you know you know uh a lot of a lot of lot of here here here's my last thought on three colors white a lot of nft options <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nf really? lot of, lots of opportune you know, nfts it, it packed a lot of nft content into 90 minutes that's mm-hmm. fairly impressive <laughs> Yeah, this movie cause... will really diversify your portfolio, <laughs> <laughs> much like Carol Carroll did. The movie. I did want to ask about when... the uh, the white female statue that he seems to have with him out of nowhere, and it breaks when he um, does it break when he gets thrown off the hill, or does he just come across it? I know he makes out with it. Yeah, and then he starts piecing it together and he kisses it. I can't remember, honestly. Do not know. Yeah. I was going to ask if anyone had a read on that, aside from it's kind of a stand-in for his wife. Yeah. Uh, Ex-wife. I've I've got a read on it. Uh, NFT opportunity. (laughs) Do you want a statue that'll never break? (laughs) 
Carol, Carol, <laughs> kissed a statue that then shattered. It won't break, but it'll break your heart. It's called Carol Caroling, and it's the new way that teens are getting are getting mono. <laughs> they're going up. They're going up to ancient to, to ancient sculpture and making out with them, trying to be like their favorite movie character, Carol Carol. <laughs> Move over, Euphoria. There's a new bad influence in town. <laughs> And they plank on the statues. <laughs> I've never watched Euphoria, and I do not think I'd be able to handle it, but I really like the idea of inserting Carol Carol into that story. Yeah. All these Why not? all these teens like... doing drugs and horrible things, and there's Carol Carol in the middle of all of it, just like, ah! But it's I like, like the idea it's, of inserting Carol Carol into many stories. But yeah. it's got to be slicked back hair businessman yeah. Carol no, Carol. Yeah. He's their new principal. Mm-hmm. Carol Carol, the, the principal. <laughs> Carol just walks in and he does the John Travolta Pulp Fiction shrug. Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, totally. And then, you know, Zendaya's in there. She's doing her thing. Look, I'm <laughs> trying to open up the opportunity for more NFTs, okay? <laughs> there probably are Euphoria NFTs, aren't there? Man. <laughs> don't don't feel good about that. Um, I'm going to give the movie a C+. And, like I said... Um, I just didn't quite understand it. I didn't know what I was supposed to get out of it. I still found it entertaining, which is why ultimately I'm giving it a positive review. Um, and you know, maybe at some point I'll read someone's interpretation of it or I'll watch it in several years. Um, maybe after watching more French films, I'll understand the humor a bit more. Um, but yeah, C plus I, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it all that much. Britain. I'm going to do C minus because I didn't like it, but I also know that I didn't completely get it. And so like, I want to get the the C is the acknowledgement that like this movie might be, you know, better made or more successful on its own terms than I was getting. Um, And the minus is I didn't like it. (laughs) I'm going to have no contest. Okay. Final answer. Love it. Love <laughs> I that. do not feel comfortable assigning like like if I did, it would probably be like a a B B minus something like that. And I'm like I I don't I don't want to put this movie on the same level as like I don't know what Star else, Wars: The Force Awakens. Or yeah, something. like what? Like uh, I, it's just not. It's just such a different beast. That I genuinely don't feel like I can grade it on a scale that I would grade other things because it's not an A plus movie for me, uh, and I do think that there's a lot of barriers to entry that I could not cross with this. So that's my answer. I I don't I don't want to give this movie a normal grade. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> and Tyler, and I really hope I don't feel the same way after Three Colors Red. And then I'm like, oh geez, well now I have to do something. Sure. Tyler, I'm I'm gonna give you an N A. How about that? N-A. N-A. Yeah, that'll work. Real quick, I have done something that's not smart for me to have done, but I did it. <laughs> um, I looked, I pulled up the episode titles uh, from Euphoria, <laughs> and. I'm only I re here's a little thing about me. I love 
wordy, rhythmic episode titles in TV shows. Just love them. I think they're great. So like, don't don't tell me the pilot episode is called NFT. <laughs> no, it's called pilot. Um, okay. Like one episode is called All My Life, My Heart Has Yearned for a Thing I Cannot Name. That is like aimed at me. I love that title. The theater mm-hmm. and its double. Um, you who cannot see, think of those who can. All over it. But here is a title. It's a season one, episode seven. Um, and I think that this really ties in with Three Colors White. The tile, title is The Trials and Tribulations of Trying to Pee While Depressed. Now, there's yeah. not a scene where that happens in Three Colors White. But I I think that there's reason to believe that he would have difficulty. Y- you know? I'm just saying, maybe... I don't even know what Euphoria is about. <laughs> it's just teens, <laughs> teens getting up to shenanigans, I think, is kind of the crux of it. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly the crux of it. But You know, well, everyone, this is the ultimate Euphoria podcast where we don't actually watch the program. That's true. Guys, yeah, this is yeah. your one-stop shop for Euphoria, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. Three Colors Trilogy. Guys, welcome back to Weef, to Weforia, where Weforia. Weef, Weforia, ah. where we talk about Euphoria without having ever watched it. That's a great idea, actually. And you three, you three is actually better than that. Three of us. Yeah, I, can, I think we. I think there's more there. I think yeah. there's another. That's we're, that's yeah. my like. We're getting there. Refined. Because every now and again, you know, we do this podcast, and uh, you guys know it's all for you, the fans. And then mm-hmm. we do uh, fellow stones on occasion. Yeah. But now we have <laughs> you three. Uh huh. <laughs> Euphoria is when Joseph joins us. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we can't do that podcast unless all four of us are together. That's true. Hey, Joseph, can you, real quick, this is just for Joseph. Every, everyone else, don't listen. Hey, Joseph. Everyone you, else, mittens. Yeah, or like, just <laughs> ride that, ride that like five second skip button. Joseph, will you real quick just watch all of Euphoria for us? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, give us. Yeah. Uh, it, this is the science project. And you do like a clip package where I don't have to see any of the horrible stuff and it's just the like jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, thank you. Um, Welcome, those of you who yeah. skipped five or ten seconds. Ahead. You guys are just in time for recommendations. You guys got back. Yeah. You really nailed it. Alex, do you have a recommendation for this week? I do. <gasps> the Batman. Hey, there I figure. you go. Go watch it. I'm talking to you two. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll yeah, get around to it. And this the, is also the band U2. I'm assuming they haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Bono, get on it! Come on, The Edge, what are you doing? You, you, you did a Euphoria? song for one of the Batman movies, come on! Can we do our, our Euphoria U2 crossover podcast? <laughs> Euphoria. Euphoria, um, I, yeah, that's yes. gonna have to happen. Is it? I don't know much about it. I think, like, I have, if you I were gonna sell me on knowledge. watching a show that I had no interest in, that would be how you'd do it. I, I think would... our number one export from this podcast is podcast ideas that are bad and that feasibly someone might do and therefore they realize that they're bad because they're coming from from our discussions they're like oh that was they're right that sounds ridiculous now that i think about it but if i thought about it so we're getting ahead of it it's the opposite of inception we're like right we want you to realize because this came from somebody else it's a bad idea see you say it's bad i say all right it's kind of bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have about equal knowledge of U2 and Euphoria. Probably a little more about U2. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think in Euphoria there's a bit where somebody dies doing a play, like when U2 wrote the music for that Spider-Man show? 
You know? Did somebody die doing that? I can't remember. I, I know I know there were injuries. Died. I know there were There were I definitely know, injuries. I know that and I'm not making fun of that so much as I'm wondering about how interconnected the Irish the the Irish rock band U2 is with <laughs> with Zennial HBO hit Euphoria. Do you remember that episode of Euphoria when all of their phones got hacked by <laughs> the band U2 and they couldn't get rid of a freaking album? Like, I don't want to learn about Johnny Ramone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tyler. Anyway, the Batman is apparently good. And I feel like a lot of people are saying the thing where it's like, man, I'm just not that excited for the new Batman these days. I wonder why that is. And maybe it's because they've made 10 in the past two years. Uh, <laughs> that is the wonderful trick about the movie, though, is that it feels so very different. I, and yet yeah. it is so, so it feels so Batman like it, I, it strikes that perfect balance for me in terms of it, it feels like quintessential Batman. And yet it feels all of its own piece. It's it's absolutely delightful. I messaged both of you and said, it feels like Telltale Batman, um, and I love those games. I think that might be my favorite interpretation of the character. I'm not 100% on that. Mixed with Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> and I know everyone's going Seven and David Fincher and stuff. Obviously, there's that stuff there. But I, w- I was specifically drawn to these other kind of influences that it seemed to be draw- you know, pulling from. Um, it's long. It's beautiful. It's depressing. It's hopeful. It's... I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I, I it is definitely one of the best Batman movies, and it might be the best. Well then. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I, I have no doubts at this point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably gonna have quite a good time with that. But I just like for whatever reason. They've I, I think for me a bit of it is the uh the dcu building process which is that they don't build they just <laughs> right put stuff out there so the fact that this is supposed to be the first part in like a, a trilogy of some sort makes me think that once i watch it i will probably be like omg they're gonna introduce killer croc in the next one ah, or something like that <clears throat> it, it strikes a very good balance where it it's it's grounded in the same way that the nolan movies were but it's stylistic enough where it's like I could see Mr. Freeze potentially showing up. I could see Killer Croc showing up. Like, I, I, you know, more comic booky stuff feels acceptable in this movie versus something like, you know, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just one of the really cool things about, about just, like, if we're going to have kind of these different directors doing their takes on, on Batman instead of, like, we're going to do a more sanitized basic version to tie in with other movies and whatnot um i like that all of these movies are so vastly different from one another and that's that's something that this movie really made me realize that in hindsight like looking at the entire pantheon of batman live action films it's just really cool that all of them feel very different it's neat favorite batman takes the dark knight the batman and batman versus superman donna justice correct I was going to say Batman Returns, but yeah, that's probably a better yeah. Uh, example. Yeah. yeah, I actually, I like Batman Returns more than BBS, so yeah. Well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I have no recommendation. I, I've continued to play Elden Ring, <laughs> which I do recommend at this one. I've played enough of it that I'm like, yes. Um, I was going to say, if you want to just make that your re- recommendation for the rest of the year, I think that's fine. That's my standing recommendation. I am <laughs> working my way. I, I finally, after 
completely not touching it because of Elden Ring. I've, I've started picking up the last compendium of the Walking Dead comic, and I'm enjoying that quite a bit as well, but I will reserve judgment until I've totally finished it. Um, oh, and I did watch uh, Downtown Abbey season... Down, downtown, Downton Abbey season one, except for the first episode, uh, <laughs> which I did not watch because my wife watched it, and then she watched episode two, and it's like, Hey, this person's this person. This person's this person. I was like, okay, uh, I'll I'll roll with it, and I have, and it's very fun, yeah. and it's an, it's like more episodic than I thought it would be, while also having overarching stuff. So that's nice. It's also a short season, but yeah. you know what? I don't know uh, how long I'll stay like particularly invested in it because I don't know what the the consensus is about some of the later seasons. But for now, really, really fun little show with some fun performances and characters and good time. There's a moment uh, whenever you get to the season two, kind of the season two finale slash Christmas episode. There's a moment in that where they suggest something that that show does not have the courage to follow through on. <laughs> and I got frustrated, but not really. Um, sure. We'll talk about it. I didn't it. know Killer Croc was uh, <laughs> hinted Croc. at showing up. In they could now. totally do Killer Croc <laughs> now. God, that would be... I would really love if there was a scene... Hugh Bonneville, for people who haven't watched Out in Abbey, there's a lot of scenes of Hugh Bonneville turning around and thundering at people to, how dare you, mm-hmm. sir, and get out of here. I would love if Killer Croc like, burst out of the floor or something, and then Hugh Bonneville went, I say, sir, you forget yourself. Rather, sorry. That sounded like Donald Duck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ideal killer croc voice actually yeah good time someone in there um so uh, i would just point out to everyone that west side story is now streaming on the mm-hmm. spielberg edition on both disney plus and hbo max get the to it it's great um i don't have i didn't watch a movie this well i watched west side story again which was wonderful um but i have like a new thing to recommend um so i'm gonna recommend a movie i haven't seen because it doesn't exist and i'm gonna make it up right now Oh, it's called Car- 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 Cartel Comeback. It's called Cartel Comeback, and it stars. <laughs> Y'all gotta quit taking me on these roller coasters. It stars. <laughs> oh, Alex, if you want a roller coaster, well, then you need to get to Cartel Comeback. It stars <laughs> G- Gibby. It stars. <laughs> it stars Gibby from the show that he was on. I Carly. I Carly. I Carly. Yes. Gibby from iCarly, um, and he, <laughs> well, the character or the actor because well okay see this it, Gibby it's it's kind of like the old Hollywood thing where like even though his characters have different names it's the persona is so strong that it's always Gibby no Noah Monk is okay guy, yeah so. well you never really it, it's like um like a Doris Day and that Funicello kind of thing where you're like you Doris Day had char- they had character names it was always just Gene Kelly right right um right. he's always Gibby. So Gibby mm-hmm. is in it, and he hurts a lot of men. Okay. Because uh, uh, he, the uh, cartel is is there, and they take his son. Um, okay. Gibbo. Who plays his son? Gibbo. His, his, Gibbo, Gibbo, Gibby's son, Gibbo? Yes, who plays Gibby's son, Gibbo? Uh, he's played by, um, uh, he's played by, um, <laughs> Harold Perrineau from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well okay no not, no not harold perrineau he plays gibby's father okay gibba <laughs> gibba gibby gibbo and so gibbo is uh he's in this one he's played by um uh uh the 
boy from Stranger Things, the um the main Will Will from Stranger Things. Okay. Okay. Will is captured by the cartel, and Gibby uh used to know the cartel, and he's like, I have to go get him, and so he goes with his belly and his punches, <laughs> and takes and he hurts all those men. Um, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's directed by Ming Na Wen. It's directed by Ming <laughs> okay. Na Wen. Because she, because she finished uh, filming Boba Fett and said, "I gotta get out of there," <laughs> <laughs> and so she got, she got Gibby and a bunch of uh, pyrotechnics and um, made a cargo no. cartel comeback. <laughs> what, what genre would you classify this? Oh, this is a, a an action romance. Um, because well, of- who's the well, of course, you know, his ex-wife is running the cartel. Oh, boy. Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. to see that. Um, And he gets in. The ex-wife. It's played. taking a lot of thematic inspiration from Three Colors White. That's, yeah. That was kind of the tie-in. That was, on, you know. It, on this I, is why you're recommending this movie. Yeah, on the IMDb. Moral, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This movie. You know, I've been meaning to catch, watch Cartel Comeback. Um, starring Gibby, directed by Ming Na Wen. Um, so anyway, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's uh, more romantic than you would. I mean, it's as romantic as you would expect, starring Gibby. But it's not as romantic. Sorry, as did you, you say think. did you say who plays his love interest? Yeah, his uh, ex wife in it is played by. You know, see, this is this is kind of the amazing thing because you guys are gonna. You, it's gonna blow your minds when I tell you that his love interest is played in this one by, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, what's she's from that that TV show? Yeah, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. You're right. It's it. Guess what? It's it's neuroscientist Mayim Bialik is Gibby's ex-wife. All right, all right. But I'm she's running. She's running in a cartel because she's uh in it and so he comes back and he's trying to win her back get this it's a custody battle but all, it, they could should have called it cartel custody but instead it's a comeback mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the cartel oh thank you the cartels come back and then he's got to get his son from my bialik who's running the cartel um anyway it's a movie that really it just feels very lived in a lot of people have said it's it's the best philadelphia movie ever made and is that because it was filmed in Philadelphia or it takes place in it Philadelphia? It just screams Philadelphia. What can <laughs> okay. I say? You know, um, it does help that Sylvester Stallone is in it. He's <laughs> wizened mentor. Exactly. <laughs> That's right, Gibby. We gotta go. You gotta get your. You gotta get your son back. And so it's great, and you can watch it uh, on Fubo. Okay. So head on over there, cartel comeback. It's great. I had a really good time watching it. Um, Brandon, and that that was an eloquent way for you to tell everyone to not watch the book of Boba Fett, <laughs> <laughs> a series I have not watched and thus do not have an educated opinion yeah. on. We would I have, recommend you watching uh, Cartel Comeback in your mind palace. Yeah, over exactly. Entertaining the idea of watching the yeah. book of Boba Fett, which none of us have done. Nope. So you know what? I haven't gotten there. And none of us will. There's just so much content these days. Mm-hmm. So That's much why day. we haven't watched it. Yeah, I've been too busy reading episode titles from Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch the show. Um, and just, oh, okay. Hear more of whatever the last half hour of this was. <laughs> La- last forty-five minutes, hour 
hour and 15. Um, you can find us on herecomesequels.blogspot.com or on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com or on Spotify, uh, Apple, the, <laughs> the golden apples of Idun, <laughs> the Norse right. uh, mythological fruit that keeps the gods of mm. Valhalla, not Valhalla, sorry, Asgard, of course, right. alive. Um, we're not there, actually. That That's a lie. I'm sorry. You'll have to find your way to the uh, immortal garden yourself. But we are on Apple Podcast. Yeah. And other things like that. <laughs> For the listeners out there, all the facial expressions I just went through, you'd think I was Winona Ryder in an award show. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> Whoa, you just burned Winona Ryder. <laughs> okay, we're done. Bye. <laughs> this has been our podcast about three colors white. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> bye bye, NFTs. <laughs> Jotunheim is also I, part of that. I, I, this I, one's I, an NFT of Gibby from Cartel Comeback. <laughs> Um, I, I'm gonna bow out now. Y- y'all carry it as long <laughs> as you want, but I've been Alex. <laughs> I've been Britain. No, I've been Tyler. Whoa, you're having a good night. <laughs> <laughs>